I'm standing here at the memorial for Tula, near the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Tula was vital in the role that they played beating the Germans or defeating the Germans. They produced missiles, they produced Kalashnikov weapons, they train military men all from all over the country. But you know, that isn't all that Tula is known for and that Tula does. I think you'll be surprised today to find an exciting story. Tula is spreading the gospel all over Russia. It is such a wonderful thing. It isn't just about death, but it's about eternal life in Jesus Christ. I'm standing here at the tomb of the unknown soldier. The inscription reads, your name is unknown, your deeds are known. One Russian city has long been known as a center of weapons manufacturing. In 1712, Tula was visited by Peter the Great, who commissioned the Demidov blacksmiths to build the first arms factory in Russia. Several decades later, Tula was turned by the Demidovs into the greatest ironworking center of Eastern Europe. During the Great Patriotic War, as many Russians refer to World War II, the city was important in the production of a vast array of weaponry. Tula became the target of a German offensive to break Soviet resistance in Moscow between October 24 and December 5, 1941. The heavily fortified city held out, however, the second panzer army was stopped near Tula. The city secured the southern flank during the Soviet defense of Moscow and the subsequent counteroffensive. Tula was awarded the title Hero City in 1976. She's absolutely colossal in size as she towers over the entire city, over 96 meters high. That's over 300 feet. She's beautiful and she was built to commemorate World War II and the victory. While it isn't publicly known all the weapons manufactured in Tula, it is known for the manufacture of various missiles. But it is most famously known for the Kalashnikov rifles. Avtomat Kalashnikov designed one of the most famous weapons in 1947. It's known worldwide as the AK-47. There are now some 100 million AK-47s in circulation. It's pretty amazing to me that here we are in the middle of a city that produces maybe nuclear weapons, I'm not sure, but definitely missiles of many kinds, I'm told. Mm -hmm. Kalashnikov machine guns, weaponry. It's a training center for the military, uh, for the vast Russian armies. And we have a studio here. How did that happen? Well, that's an interesting story. Actually, it's a miracle of God, really. Uh, that happened about the time communism was falling apart. And uh, first of all, the church wanted to establish a school, but the city of Tula 
wouldn't hear of having a Christian school in a city that is the pride of their military. And so they gave a piece of property way up north in the little tiny village of Zyoksky. But at that time, they also decided they wanted to see if they could get on the radio. And they had a church here, and they decided to start doing some recordings, I believe, in the, in the church. It started right in the church? Yes, it started, and it was kind of a secret operation there. And those tapes, of course, would be sent to Adventist World Radio, and we would broadcast it on the shortwave uh, network. So tapes would go out of the country, and then you'd broadcast back into the country? Back into the country. Because it was illegal. It was illegal. Okay. There couldn't be any broadcasts on local radio at that time. And so it was kind of an undercover operation at first. Скарабкаться на вершину Эльбруса только ради любви. Брак – это не бесконечный медовый месяц. Он состоит в постоянном разделении обязанностей по ведению домашнего хозяйства и взаимной ответственности. Ощущение новизны притупляется, а затем и совсем исчезает. Очарование и ухаживание не будет продолжаться вечно. Но неужели тонкой ткани стихийно возникшего собрания Back in Stalin's uh, day, uh, he wanted to communicate with his people, but he didn't want to give them radio receivers where they might listen to some broadcasts from the Western world. And so he wired homes and businesses and hotels and street corners, and they put speakers on these corners and they would just uh, put a volume button, no on and off button, just a volume button, you know. And, I bet you they couldn't turn it all the way off either. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> and uh, then the leadership of the country could uh, tell the people whatever they wanted, whether it was informational kinds of things or propaganda or whatever it was. В одни отступничества Иудеи и Израиля многие спрашивали, с чем предстать мне пред Господом, преклониться пред Богом Небесным. Но в Иудеи были еще люди, оставшиеся верными Иегове. Они упорно отказывались принять Иерусалим. Now, I don't know a lot of the details about uh, the formation of this station, but there is a man here, one of our producers, a very Russian-looking person. His name is Nikolai. And, Good Russian uh, name. Yeah, that's right. And he has worked here for 18 years. And he could tell us a lot more detail I'd about love this to meet story. Him. Yeah, let's go. Well, let's sounds, go talk to him good. as well. Yeah. Nikolai Ben tells me that uh, you're really the patriarch of this ministry. You've you been here what? a long time. Share with me what? Why do they call you the patriarch? This happened a long time ago. This happened in 1990. Brother Petr Kolakov met me at church and invited me to work with Voice of the Hope. During this mission, it was around summertime in 1990. And what's interesting is that Peter later said, I didn't believe that you would come to us. I'm sure he said this because I was not attending church during the time. You know, this is not unusual for Adventist World Radio for producers to actually become believers by reading the scripts. I am one of the people who came to Christ because of the radio. I first came to church because of the Spirit of God calling me, and my heart led to believe after printing the Word of God. 
would it be appropriate to say, because you've been involved in the work of AWR since the beginning here in Russia, is it appropriate to say that AWR has made a huge impact in Russia? Я разработал и сделал социальный опрос вот, по просьбе Петра Кулакова, тогда директора. Я ездил по один путешествовал. I traveled alone down central Russia and made an appraisal. Ten percent of the residents knew about Voice of the Hope and were listening to our station. According to the letters and comments that we get, we believe that the first 10% of the people are still listening and still know about Voice of the Hope. Thank God. We calculated 10 million potential listeners, and what's interesting is that the Voice of Hope was leading in all radio stations in Russia. И что интересно, в их по их данным голос надежды лидировал в то время среди всех христианских радиостанций России. You're saying we're the leaders in radio broadcasting. Our radio station was leading in all of Russia. We had the most listeners, we had the most interesting programming, and we received the most letters. We have a small profile compared to Orthodox and Baptist, but with little power we managed to accomplish this graceful thing. Is that the case still today? During the small amount of time when we didn't have the radio, people were still sending letters about our programming. Later we came back and people were happy to begin listening to our station once again. For decades, Tula has been a huge military city, but by the power of God, it is now reaching all the former USSR with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Stay tuned, we'll be right back for the rest of the story. There are times when you can't watch television. The Voice of Hope radio broadcast is a wonderful alternative. You will discover topics on healthful living, family matters, and spiritual subjects too. Depending on your location, Voice of Hope can be heard on FM or shortwave radio. For frequencies and airing schedules in your area, visit the website on your screen. As you can see, AWR is frontline mission radio. Our first priority is to travel where missionaries cannot go. We broadcast thousands of hours each day in 70 major languages of the world. AWR has the capability and capacity of blanketing almost 80% of the world's population. Not only do we broadcast via shortwave radio, but our signal is on over 1,000 FM and AM stations around the world as well. Our podcast subscribers, internet users, satellite downlinks are growing rapidly, evidenced by the 100,000 plus emails, letters, and phone calls we receive each and every year. Yes, AWR is your mission radio. No walls and no borders. For AWR, that means change lives and change hearts around the world because God is using the airwaves of AWR to reach people everywhere. While driving in your car, you no longer need to listen to depressing news or secular subjects on the radio. The Voice of Hope radio programs offer you uplifting, positive, and spiritual themes. You will find encouragement, joy, and peace of mind. Depending on your location, Voice of Hope can be heard on FM or shortwave radio. For frequencies and airing schedules in your area, visit the website on your screen.
Nikolai, you've seen this ministry grow. Can you share a little bit of how you've seen it grow? Everything started from having very little. We started getting together at Pyotr Kulakov's house, and there we established the first radio programming station. His house is located not far from Voice of Hope. And now how many people are at the studio? There are a lot of people working in the studio, but the radio programming has only three people. We had a small group of co-workers, so we had to understand each other quickly. Our very first recording was very interesting. I came and sat down at Svechkov Radio. After I started reading the text, I looked underneath my hands and they were forming a puddle because of the stress. We were also stressed over the first incoming letters. We didn't expect to receive much, but when we opened the box, out came hundreds of letters just from the first radio programming that we had. Now, was this still during uh, communist time, or had it changed already? No, this was the period of the Soviet Union. This was the fall of Gorbachev. We were finally able to have free radio, but we still had problems with understanding. And people getting in our way, these were organizations that put us into tight spots. Our programming was around 20 minutes. We divided it into two sections. Peter read the first spiritual part, and the other half I spoke in relation with the teens and kids, but they were all debates relating to spiritual terms. In the beginning, I was a speaker and a principal of a school. It was fairly easy because I was able to plan and organize things to make them work out smoothly. It was interesting because we had to do this on a mimeograph machine. Then we wrote everything by hand and finally typed it up on a computer and cut the printed text. The text was later pasted on a poster, and I personally delivered them on public transportation in a huge bag. So those first letters that you received when you began to broadcast, were those people uh, already interested in learning more? We feel the difference within a year. We were absent for a while, and while we were gone, the letters stopped coming in. People were writing us letters asking us where we went and why we disappeared. As soon as we came back on air for Radio Russia, we started getting our flow of letters back, a couple of hundred a month. Tell me today, uh, we're on 1,500 stations across Russia. What kind of response are you receiving, and how do you process those responses? 
Сейчас вот мы почувствовали разницу. В течение года мы отсутствовали на вот этой первой кнопке, и наша почта сразу упала. They sent us questions relating to the topics that were discussed. A lot of them are now members of our school and now giving addresses to their family so we can write to them. Omar wanted to learn more about God. He had an emptiness in his soul and could not make sense of the troubles and problems in this world. One day, he listened to the Voice of Hope radio program where he found insight, understanding, and hope. You can too. For FM and shortwave broadcast information, visit the website on your screen. One of the favorite things people like about AWR is its stories. We have stories from all over the world. Some of them involve danger. Many of them involve miracles of God, but certainly all of them involve the miracle of changed lives. I've written a little book of some of the favorite stories in the face of death, another radios given by angels, coming to Christ in a Muslim country. These and many other stories. It's simple. Just log on to www.awr.org storybook and you can download your free PDF version of stories from places where missionaries cannot go. Do it now so you and your family can immediately enjoy these incredible testimonies of changed lives from around the world. So don't wait. Log on now to www.awr.org storybook. I found the Voice of Hope radio program on my shortwave radio. It was like an oasis in the desert, cool and refreshing. I discovered things I had never known before. Now, I understand God's will for my life, and I have been blessed by walking in God's path. For the first time in my life, I am happy. To find the Voice of Hope radio in your area, visit the website on your screen. You, you were telling me earlier on that questions over the years that you used to answer have now changed. Yes. Today, letters have different meaning. We started receiving more letters from areas that do not have simple situations and they only have the connection through the radio. They listen to our station, and then they send the questions. And they started learning. Now, they gave us addresses to their families, so now we can write to them. Operation Barbarossa, it was the largest land battle in the history of the world. 27 million soldiers lost their lives, many of them on these very fields. They call it the fields of blood. Here is a memorial to many of those fallen soldiers from just this little village alone. But can you imagine, 27 million men gave their lives in battle. 
Operation Barbarossa opened up the Eastern Front, which ultimately became the biggest theater of war in world history. It was notorious for unprecedented ferocity, destruction, and immense loss of life. More people fought and died on the Eastern Front than all the theaters of World War II combined. With over 30 million dead, many of them civilians, the Eastern Front has been called a war of extermination. It resulted in the destruction of the Third Reich, the partition of Germany, and the rise of the Soviet Union as a military and industrial superpower. The total estimated human loss of life caused by World War II was roughly 72 million people, making it the deadliest and most destructive war in human history. The civilian toll was over 45 million. The Soviet victory owed a great deal to the ability of her war industry to outperform the German economy, despite the enormous loss of population and land. As the world has become industrialized, so too has the ability to cause death and war. Beginning around 180 AD to now, it is conservatively estimated that there have been over 375 million deaths from major conflicts. This does not include the thousands of minor conflicts throughout history, nor does it include the satanic fits of genocide that terrorized cultures and nations since that time. In the words of Christ, there shall be wars and rumors of wars, but the end is not yet. Can anyone doubt that these words have been and are being fulfilled through the grotesque reality of sin? As one writer so aptly put it, I can hear the footsteps of an approaching God. No matter where we turn, the footsteps are getting louder. The steady tread of events is ever drawing us to the ultimate climax of time and then eternity. That moment when time as we know it ceases and every eye shall see him. Our Lord and Savior is calling you and calling me just as he is calling our radio listeners around the world to be ready for that great day. Tell me, uh, in the production of programs that you're doing, uh, what kind of subjects uh, are you producing now? What, has there been a change in terms of people's interests over the years? What do you find is the most effective to reach the hearts of the Russian people? Здесь можно увидеть определенную динамику. Сначала вопросы были, скажем так, примитивные. At first people were asking questions like, God, why is he here? Where did he come from? Tell us what the Bible says. Who wrote the Bible? These were simple questions given. But now they became deeper and harder to explain. They are asking high educated questions. They started asking about the books and where they came from asking about the life and the biography of the authors. Just tough questions like these. Even we sometimes will have to hand those questions over to a biblical college. We have a special radio program that is named Biblical Dictionary. We collect their questions, the ones asked the most and the most difficult ones to understand. We later then answer them. We have a little slogan, and it says, this is interesting. And our other slogan says, guess the biblical text. This is very interesting, and the majority of our letters come from these games. 
the letters will come in asking more questions and before you know it they are part of our so-called biblical home study. Do you still find people um, changing from unbelief, atheism to Christianity? Is that still happening today? Пожалуй, это происходит происходило и происходит всегда, потому что страна наша была атеистическая по изначально вот в последние 70 лет. Atheism was always around from the beginning of time. For that reason, people switch from atheism constantly. Переход от атеизма к христианству наблюдается постоянно. What in your experience do you find is is sort of the key thing that causes people to consider God? and to make that change from unbelief to belief. Вы знаете, мне кажется, здесь играет уже душевная предрасположенность. То есть каждый человек в душе христианин. Every person's soul contains Christianity. Our radio station pushes people to make decisions in their life. Our job isn't to make people Christian, but to give them that little push, to show them the next step towards Christianity. Наша работа, наше служение здесь, просто сделать, заставить людей, не заставить, а даже чуть-чуть ну, их э, подтолкнуть, э, сделать этот шаг. Потому что я делаю любимое дело, во-первых. Man, I'm so glad you introduced me to Nikolai. Nikolai, thank you so very much. <laughs> Keep up all the good work. It's good to see you again. The Apostle Paul told the people that he was working with, that he was telling them good news so that they could turn from worthless things to the living God. That's our mission. That's what we're doing here with the Voice of Hope. And I'd like to invite you listeners to pray for the people who are searching for something to believe. Pray for the people who are studying the Bible lessons and trying to understand what direction they should have for their lives. And pray for the studio personnel, the people like Nikolai who are preparing the programs and people like Aliyah who are answering questions and working with the Bible lessons. And keep in touch with Adventist World Radio as we trace the miracle of changed lives around the world. As you have seen, God is touching hearts and lives everywhere in the world for Jesus Christ. If you'd like to partner with this incredible ministry, give us a call, 1-866-503-3531. Or you can write us at 12501 Old Columbia Pike, Silver Spring, Maryland or you can log on to www.awr.org. Thank you for watching. Please join us again for another exciting gospel adventure because around the world, AWR is making waves.